life comes along and puts different situations in our path and we don't even realize it. It's oh wait and we have a choice here. Um, I think one of the examples I use is somebody goes to a movie theater, you go to a movie theater, you sit down and people start talking during a movie, you know, and you see some people completely overreacting, you, you know, you see some people just shut up, right? You have, you have the different, and sometimes you have a, a conflict going on and I'm really trying to prevent conflict from, from escalating there. And, but we have so many different situations. Somebody cuts us off in traffic and we go to that instinctive uh, get back, right? The little brain, oh, I have to get back at this person because they cut me off. Uh, no, let it go. You know, we don't know what's going on in their life. We have no idea uh, what the pressure is. It's never worth a confrontation. Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Matt Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? Hey, it's Coach Ariel Anderson, and you just heard the voice of Kevin Thomas McCarney, a man and author of uh, Little Brain, Big Brain, and uh, it's a great talk today. You're going to want to stick around till the end. I want to first say a belated Happy New Year, and uh, 2022 is going to be a great year, whether you're imperfect parenting or um, on your path to uh, fertility and pregnancy midlife, or just being in the world, uh, there's something here. I feel it. And uh, inside of this year, I did say that there was going to be an announcement. There is, which is, you know, our original, you know, intro. We talk about raw, real, and unfiltered. And yet we have, you know, filtered and uh, edited quite a lot inside of podcast. That's normal. This year, we're going to go a new direction, a slight shift in format. You saw last year, we had a slight shift in format and doing our, uh, putting the interviews out a little bit less often, our chats, our conversations. Uh, and that may shift, uh, to more as we go a little bit more unfiltered. So that is what is on the horizon. It's exciting. It's sort of you know, holding breath because, you know, it's working in a different way. Um, but I'm really excited. So be prepared for that and, um, and more. And if you were around last week, then you know that we're going to be also doing some conversations with people about midlife pregnancy and, and fertility, which is also exciting. All right. That's on the first Wednesday of every month. Right now, I just want you to take a breath and dive in with me as Kevin and I have a really open discussion, so real, so authentic, really getting into that reality of being a human being, whether you're parenting or you're on your way to parenting, you're working with your own business and your work. There's so much here. This is, you know, at the time of this recording, there was a lot going on, yet regardless of what is happening in the moment right now, which is shifting every day in the world, but also within yourself and being a human being never changes that reactiveness, that the choices, the working with the moment in a different way, using big brain versus little brain, uh, is 
so uh, essential to a good life experience, lowering your cortisol levels by not being reactive and in stress all the time. And there's so much here, so many good tips, not only in the podcast, but even more in the book. Um, All those links will be down in the description, along with the usual resources for uh, your life and possibilities. And uh, of course, every Friday, I'm there on YouTube live at 10 o'clock and 9.30 on the first Fridays of the month. So without any more hesitation or pause, let's just roll in, start a project, get on a good uh, trip, you know, long trip somewhere and really listen to the end for all the goodness. And uh, here we go. Kevin Thomas McCartney. Hello. Welcome, Kevin. Good morning. Sorry, let me get my my face up. No here. worries. <laughs> hey, great to see you. Good to see you. How are you? Not bad. Watching the butterflies swirl around here and uh, out the window in California. Wow. How about you? I, tell you, I, I I see some uh, butterflies once in a while. We have a lot of hummingbirds where we are. Oh yeah, we yeah. do too. We yeah, just moved so, to a place with gorgeous garden. Those gardens make a difference. We must have oh, some attractive things nearby in your place. They have <laughs> they have their own ecosystem. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Well, it's so great to have you. And thank you. Thank you Very for nice coming to on today. Is this okay with the ear sing on the head? Is that all right? That's fine. That's the fine. You know, I record the video but we haven't gotten the bandwidth yet to really put much out with it. So as long as sure. you can hear and we've got good connections, so we have good sound, I'm happy. Good. <laughs> so. Then that's all we need for now. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I just love to start with the, the story that brought you up to the moment that we're in right now. You know, your, your story right now, what brought you to big brain, little brain and, uh, yeah, just what, what made it important for you to put that energy there for all of us out in the world? Well, thank you. Um, the main thing is I, I, I got to see too many relationships um, get damaged and fall apart because people were didn't know what to say when they were under pressure, um, overreacted when they were under pressure. Uh, and it happens both in personal life and in business life everywhere. And I w- had been taking notes on this whole idea for many, many, many moons. And um, I, I grew up in a rather large family where winning the argument was like, uh, that's making you a man. You're, you're a man because you won the argument at the dinner table. And so winning the arguments was something that I thought I could do only to realize you're not really winning when you win the argument sometimes. And so I started really studying how people respond and react to different things. My children taught me a lot about how to respond and react. They were um, pinnacle for that. And um, I find it that in today's world, especially uh, people, on levels of anxiety, they, 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 they tend to overreact. They tend to say the wrong thing of, and it does have a ripple effect on their life. And so my goal is to make those ripple effects more positive. If I can, you know, help them make it more positive because I can't do anything for them. It's gotta be their choice. And um, my whole book is about choosing between the, the neocortex, the big brain that knows everything, right? You, I know I'm supposed to know. And that little 
reptilian brain that I, I put next to the mouth because that's usually, that's the impulsive part of the brain that just wants to spit out whatever it wants to spit out and make trouble for the big brain to clean up is what I call it. And, um, you know, the, the big brain is that in control, genuine, uh, sincere, good listener. And the little brain is that impulsive, erratic, sarcastic, um, not a good listener. And as I began to see these patterns, I, I, I started compiling them into, into different notes. And, and uh, that's what brought me here today, because I wrote a book to try to help other people control their um, responses to different things in, in, in life. Ah, thank you, Kevin. I just get a, a chill just when you, you're talking about that, because I think, well, now more than ever, like this moment in time, I think a lot of this stuff is bubbling up so profoundly because for a long period of time, many people have been smushed into a space together and they're, you know, <laughs> that little brain, I think, has been really getting the best of us. I can definitely say in our household. Those moments have happened, uh, all sizes of people inside the house um, working well, with that. And, and it's that little brain, you know, that uh, ends up creating the regret or the middle of the night feeling of how, you know, we could have done that better. Whether it's, you know, I, I know personally I've had those moments where I wake up and then I think I could have been a better friend, better <laughs> lover, better mother if I just been a little more conscious, whatever it is that would have uh, brought the big brain kind of in the forefront. But I think it's that beginning of even looking at it that somebody, as you said, someone has to choose it, yeah. that you even want the information to open your book, to have that conversation with you or me. I think that's, that's a great start. Thank so, you. That's, thank that's, you. That's exactly what it is. And I feel, um, I feel grateful that I, I was able to complete it and get it done because it's been a it's a passion project of mine. You know, I, I, I don't write or sell books for a living. That's not what I do. I, I'm, I'm in the people business and I've been in the people business uh, all my life. And I, I'm, I'm really love if I can help somebody connect. Uh, and I, I put a bunch of tools in the book as to how to help people in that pressure of the moment, um, what they need to do. Because even though you can say, count to 10 doesn't really mean anything. You can say, Oh, just, you know, take a deep breath. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just, what does that mean? What, what am I supposed to do when I'm counting to 10? And, and the, the deep breath and this, and I, I meditate all the time. I have, I have, I do my, my mindfulness training for myself, but in that pressure of the moment, um, it's, it's such a powerful thing. I, I developed a, a, a tool to help people pivot uh, from that pressure moment to where they can then take control and not react or overreact to it. And, so forth. and by the way, um, I, I, the book is big brain, little brain. I know half the book really well. Uh, I'm working on the, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on the other half. All right. And I think, I think that the, 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 the greatest I, realization for me is that um, choice. And uh, there's several stories in the book that talk about opportunities when I had choice to, to make a different decision. And I fortunes did, did it well in, 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 in several instances, but I also had plenty of examples of when I didn't do it well. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what allows us, Kevin, to really take in your information because it's that uh, so many times, and as a recovering perfectionist, 
I can say. <laughs> we get caught up in, you know, talking about the idealized version of how we'd like to be doing things. And then people sometimes step back because they're like, yeah, that's great. But this is where I am right now. And you don't get me. So I love that you put in uh, that was really important for me as I was going through the book. I read that, that you also were putting in those real pieces because then it lets, allows us to sort of exhale, put our shoulders down and say, okay, we're in this together versus he's just preaching something to me because his life is so perfect, which, you know, <laughs> under the surface, we all know that social media and whatever we're, you know, talking about in the most, you know, uplifted moments of our life are not the only moments. So that really, that helps with the connection. So Thank Thanks you. for I being mean, vulnerable and putting that out there. You know, it's important. I, I, I've got uh, two wonderful daughters and a wonderful wife. I've been married 32 years. Um, and I find it one of the best lessons I've learned is the, that sincerity is the key to just about everything. And if you're not going to be sincere, no one's going to listen to you. And also, mm -hmm. you're not really going to get through to people. So I, I'm, my daughters helped teach me that. They were really good at that. Um, there's a couple of samples in the book about how my daughters taught me. And I think that it was really my, my, my fortunate uh, time to be able to realize in the moment what was happening. So I could pivot and get to a better choice in what I wanted to say. And I think that I, I'm finding it difficult right now when I'm watching the news media and stuff like that. You see so many different people overreacting in everyday situations, mm -hmm. you know, um, restaurants and people overreacting. And, and you know, I, I listen, I, I, I am in the restaurant business. I've been in the restaurant business for 37 years. I've actually longer. I've had my own for 37 and I still do. Wow. And uh, my Patty, my, my partner, Patty and I, uh, she's been with me for 30 years now in the restaurant. And what we realize is that we're in the business of serving people with low blood sugar, you know? They're coming in. <laughs> so they're, true. they're coming in hungry, and that that hunger physiologically uh, diminishes their ability to be as human as they normally are. And I think that we have to teach our 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 staff how to handle people that are in that state, and um, and and more importantly, bring them back, bring them back, bring bring them you know, to where they normally are. And it just, there's little techniques and everything we play with, but um, it, whether it's the restaurants or life, um, I'm just noticing that I really feel strongly that interpersonal training like this or interpersonal communication uh, is something that the, the, the mindfulness stuff that you see evolving now everywhere is really th that desire to communicate on a different level and to be on a different level because you know, it, it isn't about pontificating or being about somebody preaching or be, be having all the answers. It's about a collective knowledge that we, okay, we can all get together. We can, we can focus here and, and whether um, uh, through conversation uh, we can solve issues. I think we can. I think that um, I think one of the, the, it's when conversations are allowed to escalate that you get confrontation. And so I'm trying to, keep it at that conversation level so people can pivot within there. And, and I'm, I'm thankful. I mean, I think it, this is always needed. I mean, <laughs> any point in history along the way that this is, you know, this self-awareness, this uh, ability to communicate um, from where in, from your heart or from rather than from the, the little brain um, primal 
reactive um, piece is uh, it's life changing just to even be working with it. And, you know, right now, as you mentioned, that people are overreacting in very many different ways. I mean, right now in California, everything's opening up, but I, there's still stuff going on. And, and before that, uh, you know, we'd see this ex- sort of extreme reactions in what could be, there, there could be a choice to do it in another way, as we're yeah. talking about choosing. And uh, we often, uh, I mean, we ourselves got caught up in a moment where we were like, oh, victims of circumstance. Oh, the world's coming at me. And then I woke up and I said, but we have a choice here. We can be in this reactive, in essentially little brain reality that was really making us suffer, or we can make a choice to find another, you know, possibility. And and I think that uh, during this time, especially people, at least what I've noticed, I don't know from where you are, I have, I was in shock, actually, that people really, people I knew who were on a consciousness path, they, you know, very spiritual, they're meditating, all this, I mean, granted, I do too, but we're all humans, I get that. But I was in a little bit of shock and I still am at the default sort of primal little brain place that so many people went because of the fear and the stuff that was going on. And it was sort of an intensified version of what happens always in life, but really intensified. Just it woke me up to what was under the surface that we normally don't show it <laughs> in the, But suddenly, you know, it just happened. All this stuff was coming out. And I thought, wow, there's a lot going on under there. Those people who are just managing and, you know, on the surface, what we were seeing most of the time, what was happening underneath when put under pressure and me too, uh, things come out that are maybe not the best version <laughs> of ourselves. Uh, and and it, I, I actually felt a little heartbroken around it. And so when, when uh, you know, we decided to connect here, I, I just felt, oh, good. We can talk about this because... Uh, it's not a comfortable place to talk about the struggles between the reactive and the responding. Like we all know, not we all know, but many of us know ideally that responding rather than reacting is going <laughs> to make our lives and our, our conscience and so many things feel better. But I love that you had so many action points inside of your book. It's not where reading, we're getting the stories, but then there was, you know, not only an action point, but also a visual that kind of wakes me up to there's an opportunity here that I can work with something. And, uh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> so. Well, it, it, you know, thank you, Ariel, again. I, I feel grateful because it, I've so many people have come to me now since uh, I put out the book and different stories that they're telling me uh, that where they almost said something they didn't. And 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 the tool, some of the tools in the book, I think are, uh, and they're just some of the tools. You can make up your own tools. And you know, the the one major uh, thing I will tell you is that the um, there's a chapter on tone of voice, and um, I have found that to be one of the most powerful instruments we have because we get to choose the tone, and the tone is the message. And I think that um, I, I, uh, there's a story in the book about my daughter. I was underneath the Christmas tree hooking up lights and I see her, I don't know if she's with, but she's walking up the, the steps of the ladder and I can see her little feet and she's five. So parental tone number one, right? Caitlin, get down from there, right? And, but, 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 and I go, and I'm still hooking up, but I can't see anything other than her little feet. And she goes up to the next rung of the ladder. And I go, 
parental tone number two. <laughs> Caitlin Rose, get down from there. <laughs> the middle right. name comes in. <laughs> yeah, middle name, middle name, you know, more ammunition for the, we think it's, it's going to mean something. But, 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 and then I'm just about to get out from under the tree and, 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 and go to DEFCON 5, raise my voice and, and be in an angry tone. And she's got an angel in her hand. And she wanted to put it on top of the tree. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't notice that. I just looked at her and I said, Caitlin, get down from there. It's not safe. Right? She looks at me, my five-year-old, and she says, I like that tone better, Daddy. Wow. I got to tell you something. That just knocked me on the ground. I had no idea. And it just, it, it woke me up in that moment to say, that my tones was sending a message and it was, and I also was not aware of what she was thinking. I wasn't aware of what, what she was going through. And so I said, let me follow you up the stairs of the ladder. Right. And uh, I, first I said, I'll put it on there. She said, no, I want to do this. Okay. I'll follow you up the stairs. So I followed her up the stairs. She put it on, on, on thing. And it, it's just one of those most, memorable moments for me in learning that your tone versus your words are everything because when children grow up first year or so they don't know your words they don't know what their words mean but they know what a tone means they never lose their ability to read tone and i don't think we ever do and so the tone is 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 to me is even if you've got a difficult thing to say. If you say it in the right tone, you're going to have a, a smoother uh, path forward. And I think that uh, uh, I, I'll just tell you that that night, Caitlin got her jammies on and came out and uh, sat on my lap a little bit, and gave me a little bit of hug, and and she was looking at the angel, and I'm looking at her, and she's looking at the angel. And she says, "She's really pretty, isn't she? That is she a nice little angel?" And I go, "I'm looking at Caitlin, going, yes, yes, she is." And I was, it was one of those moments that if the parental power and tone had won that, that little argument about get down from there, uh, that moment never would have happened. That moment never would have been there. And uh, I'm grateful all the time for, for that. And um, it's, it's one of those things where if you tuned in to the moment, you can pivot, you can adjust accordingly. And, uh, and if you, um, as a parent, I think tone was probably the biggest lesson I learned luckily early on, you know, because it's something that uh, made my relationship with both my daughters so much richer right now. And because we communicate on a, on a very uh, even level and they may be, are, are, they technically are, they're smarter than me. I get that. And, but because they're in their world, I, they know their world. They know what they're thinking. They know what they're yes. And I just am uh, a guest in that mind frame. So I, uh, I feel grateful for that. Uh, you're, you're spot on. And thank you for sharing that story because it's, uh, you know, I think what you said also inside of that, that we, we never lose that response or that feeling to tone that comes up. I think the, the great gift in our children, right, is that they speak up and they say it. And, oh, if, if only we felt empowered or allowed as, as grownups to say, whoa, that tone was way 
that doesn't get a response from me. You know, I wish that we could do that more often. My daughter does the same. She's five and she did. She's similar. She'll say, Ooh, you got the meaning tone going. And I will say to my, wow. Oh no, <laughs> you know, because I remember that as a kid vividly, that tone. I didn't even know what, like you said, I didn't know what the grownups were saying, <laughs> but I remember the feeling, you know, how powerful that is. And I, it reminds me of a, that one of the classes that was the least important, so to speak, in my in my uh, curriculum for for college, but made the biggest impression was an elective I had, which was interpersonal communication. And uh, one thing that stuck out so strongly, even though it wasn't considered a requirement, though I think it should be when I listen to you talking, uh, was that the the teacher said on the first day more than 80% of what we receive from other people is not the words. Yeah. It's the tone and the body language and all this other stuff. And it's, that's really strong. And we forget that so often words are also very important, but it's, yeah, it's really strong. So words have power, no doubt about that, but you're right about that interpersonal communication. I wish it was a part of, <laughs> of, of, of training, uh, of schooling, because it's, it's so needed because it, these are blind spots people have. We all grew up in different environments with different um, communication trainers, whether it's our parents or the people around us or the movies we watch or the music we're listening to. That's where we're learning how to communicate. But the actual interpersonal communication skills where we're really thinking about uh, what we're saying and how to get there. Uh, and and the life comes along and puts different situations in our path. And we don't even realize it. It's oh wait, and we have a choice here. Um, I think one of the examples I use is somebody goes to a movie theater. You go to a movie theater, you sit down, and people start talking during a movie. You know, and you see some people completely overreacting. You, you know, you see some people just shut up, right? You have, you have these different, and sometimes you have a, a conflict going on. And I'm really trying to prevent conflict from from escalating there. And, but we have so many different situations. Somebody cuts us off in traffic and we go to that instinctive uh, get back, right? The little brain, oh, I have to get back at this person because they cut me off. Uh, no, let it go. You know, we don't know what's going on in their life. We have no idea uh, what the pressure is. It's never worth a confrontation. And, you know, it's one thing if you're back into a corner and, and, and you have to defend yourself. But in so many situations in life, you, you just... You don't have to get back at people. And I think the internet has played a really big role in that psyche that we're all experiencing and witnessing. It's, I love the internet because look, we're sitting here having a conversation uh, and I never would have been able to do this without the internet. I love that. It, it creates so many different wonderful things, but the ancillary effect on some of the internet is when it, it, like in social media, it becomes an enabler for the little brain. It, it, it makes people think that they have to have quick, short, fast answers. And that if somebody says something, they have to say something back. Well, they said this, well, I got to say this. And the whole concept of that, that need to retort or to retaliate is exacerbated by a very fast moving uh, dialogue. And that's not mostly not dialogue in, on the internet. Most of it's monologues. And, and I think that it, it's really about us taking control and it's just saying, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm not going to engage right now. I, I'm going to take an extra minute or two here before I respond to this text or 10 minutes or a day. It's, it's us taking control because we have a, we're being trained to have a sense like, oh, 
you just got a text. You, you, you've got a few seconds to put out an idea and then respond. Can't always do that. You need more time. You, you need more thought. And I do. And um, I think that I, it just helps if people have that. Um, I, I, the tool that I point everybody to in the book is um, I was doing presentations to different business groups and even a, um, in the same week, I did a business group about the book. It was customer service for them. Uh, and, and I was talking about how things go on and, and, and half the people in this business group got it right away. Oh yeah. Big brain, little brain. Okay. And then they said, okay, yeah. So, and I got a pivot and then they, they didn't quite, but the other half didn't quite, they needed more. They, they didn't, they said, why well, I can't get to big brain by the way. I, I like, I use my little brain cause it, 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 it fills in and it protects me. I go, okay. I, that's, that's, I, I understand. So we started working on different techniques. And then about three days later, I was doing a presentation for a group that there was a charity that was teaching people coming out of prison, uh, how culinary skills for 14 weeks so they could get jobs in restaurants uh, as prep cooks. And it's a second chance, which restaurants are really good for second chances, by the way, that's, it's a great industry for that. But and I've given a presentation and I noticed almost exactly the same, two different groups, two completely different paths in life. Half the group got it right away. And the other half said, I don't know. I can't get there, man. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I developed this concept um, and it's called neutral, you know, and it's rather than just saying count to 10 or think differently or choose these words or choose those words. Neutral is a, um, it's sort of an instant awareness that you're in a moment where you might want to think about this more and pivot to a different response. And it's in that uh, chapter, we talk about the different phrases that people have already have in their own brains, already have in their own uh, vocabulary that they can use as a neutral word or a neutral phrase to signal to their big brain to take over, right? Like, uh, you know, I walk in, to my house one night, it was an 18 hour day for me and I'm so tired and I just wanted to come in and relax. And there's dozens of kids singing uh, at the top of their lungs that I wasn't expecting and I didn't know about it. And so I walk in and I just went, I looked and went, okay, well, what do we got here? Right now, the, the ability to say, okay, which signals my brain was take it easy. Don't overreact. Don't be angry. Don't be upset. It's, it's a signal. It's a mnemonic signal. Hey, take over here. And, and, and then they told me what was going on and it was fine. But in so many situations like that, where you're surprised and people will sometimes overreact because they feel they have a right to overreact. And that's where I challenge them in the book to, that they don't really have a right to overreact. They have a choice to overreact. You know, it's their choice. And I was very specific in the book and never used the word um, trigger, which I know is a real, it's a real thing that happens, but I, I use the word activate because I look at activate as sort of being at the beginning of that spectrum of triggered, where activate, you still have a choice. Where trigger, you feel like, oh, something's already happened, it's already in play. But activate, if you're, if you're activated, you have a choice and you can get to neutral and you can pivot and you can, you can choose a different response and come up with your own neutral words, come up with your own neutral phrase. If you're a couple, uh, feed each other different neutral phrases, you know, because I think that's a, 
uh, but somebody was telling me the other days, yeah, my husband and I have a neutral phrase. When this is happening, he goes, hey, I need to see you in the kitchen right now, right? And it's like, that's just an instant signal. We've got, got to pull you out of that pressure that they're under and, 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 re, and reset because that neutral is about resetting. It's about getting to that instant awareness and, and resetting where you want to go. Yeah, this is absolutely. How would you, for those who haven't read your book yet, because, yes. you know, they don't have the link yet. They're at the yeah. end of this, they'll look down in the description to grab it. But uh, how would you uh, encourage or guide people uh, to find those neutral words? Because I listen to you and I think to myself, okay, in my, I try to imagine myself in, my, in the, the most kind of closed reactive state where I'm like, you know, obviously you probably need to come up with these before that moment, yeah. but, but uh, how would you encourage, for example, uh, we used to have some phrases, you know, as a couple, but as a couple, maybe a phrase is easier, but if, if you wanted to have a word, um, how do you guide people to finding those right words to you know, start things going? I, I think start make taking notes, but most of all, get a pad of paper and start writing down what you think some of your neutral words might be. Um, right. Uh, for some people, it's like, hmm, you know, it's, hmm, right? It's, or I see, or uh, I, let me think about that. But, you know, those are some, some basic ones. But then I would try to get about 10 different words or phrases on a piece of paper. Uh, and then uh, on the website, I have a free download for um, a graphic for it's the head and where you put your neutral word in there. And um and when you put your neutral word, you, the idea was you download this piece of paper, you write in your neutral word, and then you can stick it on the wall or something else that you can keep it around. So you, and you practice it, you know, but you know, the, the simplest ones to start with, but a lot of people have their own. I know that um, given a speech one time and Jeff said, my, mine, mine is, uh, we'll see. I said, okay, but, but whatever it is, it's gotta be said in the right tone where it's not confrontational. Mm. It's not like, we'll see. Right. It's, it's this, because again, the tone being the message, it's got to be, we'll see, or I see instead of I see. But, and I think that it, it's really just getting about that, those 10 words or phrases, it can be a phrase uh, in the right tone and then practice them, practice those. Even if we only have three or four, practice them in the right tone under the pressure of circumstances where, you know, um, you, you know, in different situations, you, you maybe with a different group of people or different friends or uh, different um, neighbors or whatever, you're going to, you want to make sure you have control. And by having your neutral word, it gives you control. And that's what I want people to have. They have the control and now they can pivot and go where they want to go. But if you go to the website um, and uh, you'll see there's, there's two different uh, things to download, but one of them is an activation sheet. Uh, and then uh, things that activate you, things that uh, uh, th things that I guess the word is piss you off on a regular basis, uh, <laughs> things, that, things that annoy you, you know, about other people. And maybe it's loud music is there's a, a download there, a sheet, for, write down the 10 things that annoy you the most, because when you get annoyed, that's when little brain wants to take over. And, and if, so if you just have that list of activators and some neutral words there, and it's free, it's, on, it's just down there because I want people to get this. I don't, this is not, this is, 
this again, this is not what I do for a living. This is what I do. Out of pa- <laughs> it's a passion project for me because I, I want to see people communicate better. And I'm, I'm just fortunate that I was, you know, the youngest of five boys. And then there were two girls. I was in the observation seat the entire time. I got to sort of take notes uh, and, and see what worked, what didn't work. And, um, and I, I really feel that um, I know when I'm talking to high school audiences versus a, a college audience, that you see little light bulbs go off in people's heads because they don't know about neutral. They know fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fight or flight. And, but they don't know about neutral. And it's backed up by a neuroscientist from the 40s, Victor Frankel, who uh, did well, 39 books on human interaction. But it, it, he says there's a space between the time something happens and the time you react. And that's what, that's what neutral is. And neutral is that space. And if we, if we train ourselves to use that more often, to, to use our neutral words, then we have a much more control over the ripple effect that uh, that moment's going to have on our lives. Because every moment has a potential to have a ripple effect. Yes. So we know the ripple effect. And, <laughs> and, yes, we and, do. And thank you for that reminder about the space, because that was, was co- what was coming up as you were talking. I kept adding the word space. So I appreciate you sort of expanding on that feeling that was coming up and how important that is. Uh, I think for sure important to everybody and, and those of us who process a little bit slower, it's allowing, creating that space. Just like when, when you're speaking, they remind you to, it's okay to pause, you know, between things. You don't have to just keep going, going, going. Uh, As a, as a natural introvert, I often find that I'm, I'm expected to process too quickly. And then my response in the moment might not be what I'd, really do. It's just what I did because I didn't have time to compute something else. So I, I love that, that focus on that, the space, because it's like when you write a letter, if you, like you said, if you write something and send it out versus you, you do two drafts of it, you know, the second time you go through, you're like, how did I even say it like that? You know? <laughs> I, I actually. That's so right. You're so right. <laughs> I realized a long time ago that the, the first time around is awful sort of awful uh, is awful actually it's usually the, the the more awful version meaning it's just the very the basics it's like all the stuff i need to get out yeah and then i often would go through i realized wait a minute i'm not being really the, the person i would be in person which would have the kinder tone and the nicer words and then i go through the second round even of a text message and when i remember <laughs> and create that pause like you're talking about that you know, going through and, and adding, you know, the, the heart, the spirit and the, the kinder tone. And we don't often do that if we're not taking that, that neutral for a moment. <laughs> so, you know, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> no, I, w- I was diagnosed introvert in, in high school. Now, I don't know whatever test it was or some of those things. And somebody told me I was an introvert. I was quiet. So, and the bunch of tests and you're an introvert. So, okay. And then, uh, I went on to work at Raman's Chinese Theater as a doorman, right? Where I'm working with the public every day. So it's not the best place for an introvert to work. Uh, and, but I, I need to make money and that's what, there was a job. And then I went to work at Universal Studios as a tour guide, you know, and boy, I tell you, you're kind of microphone on 128 people uh, is not a place for an introvert, but I was, I kind of worked myself out of it. And, and I, I think that for that same thing, I, I, I'm always a little, sometimes slower in my processing when I'm thinking about things. And it just means my could be I'm thinking about it more, but the the danger of, of speaking too quickly is that we will grab to fill in that empty space, we'll grab a cliche. 
and and we'll stick in the cliche would have nothing to do with the conversation. I remember my, even my first year of marriage. My wife came from a family. Uh, both they both worked. Uh, uh, parents worked at the studios. Very quiet. Very very. Uh, two kids. Um, kind of a cute little family. I grew up in you know uh, streets of Hollywood. Bigger thing. Winning the argument was what I did. First year of marriage, I'm winning every argument. I think, <laughs> only to find out I'm not. And we we went we ended up with this one discussion. Uh, uh, that's a kind word for it. Um, and I and I finally said something. I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to win the argument. I want to communicate. How do we do this? <laughs> because I was trying to. I was using cliches. I was pulling in cliches. Well, that's not what I said. Well, that's what it sounded like. You know, all these different cliches that we grab because they're 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 like on the on the floor. We can just pick them up, and w- when we do that, we're taken away from the real discussion of what that conversation is about. So I, I also and I had a whole um, thing on cliches. I wanted to stay away from that because cliches get in the way of everything. And, and yes, we can use them sometimes for reference or for, for, for explanation. And I do still use them time to time, but in a one-on-one conversation, uh, cliches can take over. You can find yourself in cliche wars, you know? And I think that that's, that's where that extra little bit of time and where we realize we have control um, comes in handy. And um, I can tell you that after that first year, that one conversation, conversation was much better when I realized uh, I had to really listen and listen to the moment that I was in, not to the argument that I was in. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she says with a knowing smile. Uh, <laughs> we often have uh, exchange words, my husband and I do. So do you want to be right or do you want to connect right now? Yeah. Like, do we want to, I like that. I like you know, that. Uh, absolutely true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah. we both have our moments of wanting to be right to, for yeah. sure. But, and well, that, very, yeah, you know, very often you'll see two people have uh, an argument and then leave the room and each leave the room. They both think they won. Right. <laughs> and, and they'll both tell, tell all their friends that they won the argument and they'll repeat why they won the argument. But it's, it really is just a, two monologues, you know, facing each other, but they weren't really listening or talking to each other. And I'm guilty of that myself. So it's, it's one of these things where, where we can begin to have time to tune in to, to, to this kind of a conversation and, and help other people understand how to get there. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm grateful that I've had the time to, to focus on this. And, and um, again, it took me a long time because extremely dyslexic. So it took me a long time to, to prep all this stuff, but it means more to me now because I can see the, the benefits and, I, and I, I reap the benefits from actually knowing myself a lot better too. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a strong process when you go in your creative process as you're creating something and putting something out into the world and you're looking at your own words and, you know, the creation of a book or whatever project it is that you choose in your life, small or big, it's very, it can be transformational if you allow it to. And it sounds like it's been quite a journey and uh, how long, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Just say, um, I think that the, the, the challenge for a lot of people that, uh, in, in life is, is um, 
I know mindfulness talks about this a lot is that balance that we have to try to create. I, I wholly believe in that because as a teenager, I don't think I was balanced. Um, and, and, I, and I think that the more we focus on this arena, the more balanced we feel ourselves. Yes. And I, and that sort of leads me, well, I'll ask my other questions later because this just naturally leads into something that popped up as you were talking, which was um, just how essential this conversation is that we're having, that you're putting this out into the world because, you know, we have two podcasts. We have a parenting podcast and a business one. And uh, a lot of conversations cross over and you more than ever right now are definitely crossing both of those lines. And because if this conversation could start, as we were saying before, if it was a required part of schooling early on, like early on, but it keeps coming up as kids are getting older and like, if we could, you know, we, I work with some of this with my five-year-old in, in an essential way. And then, you know, middle school and high school and college. And then imagine, you know, what the, the parenting and the childhood experience could be. Imagining what then our workplace and our world could be as a result of rippling out, as we were talking before, these ideas, of really working with them. Like, I think it's a lifetime of work. Honestly, I don't think we ever got it and it's done because that primal stuff pops up during stress, lack of sleep, world craziness, whatever it is, yet what a difference, what a difference your, your work and this, com this conversation, this topic could make to so many people and will make. I, I appreciate that. And I've dedicated, you know, the rest of my life to this as well as paying the rent with the business that I'm in, you know, that's what pays the rent. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take my eyes off that, but I'm going to add this because this, I, I feel like this is a journey that I was meant to take. And uh, my wife backs me hundred percent on this. So I, I feel grateful for that. And I think that um, I I've seen, I've seen it help people to the point to where it's inspiring, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's, that's, that's all I really care about because um you know, uh, uh, again, coming from a big family, if I can, if I can help people illuminate, I say sometimes, especially the different people in um, uh, big corporations, because they, they hold on to their, their, their rigidness sometimes, but I'm just trying to help, help them see something they haven't seen yet, you know, illuminate to them. I'm not teaching them something they don't know. We all know this. We all know my book could have been called, duh, right? Because, but quite honestly, duh is hard to find sometimes when you're in the, pressure, <laughs> in the pressure of the moment. But it really does about shining the light in the area of conversation and communication that maybe they didn't see before, that maybe they didn't know about, or that maybe that they hadn't been taught, or they're so busy they, they don't pay attention to it. And I'm, I'm guilty of all that myself. And that's why I just keep coming back to, okay, how do I how do I re refocus? How do I get back to neutral and rebalance myself on, on, on where I want to go with this? And, and whether it's a, a business relationship or personal relationship, um, I, I, I find it really beneficial to have conversations like this and that aren't uh, 40 characters or 140 characters and uh, uh, just trying to snip out, uh, you know, what somebody wants to say. And um, I, I find the, um, the, we have to be better at balancing than we've ever been before because the, the weight is, is on uh, impulsiveness. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the weight, the weight is on impulsiveness and there's a, that impulsiveness is driving a lot. So how do we, how do we unimpulsively ourselves? So that's a word and just not go there, <laughs> not go there. You know, just let's, let's take a, take that moment and take that space um, where, and I, I use the word control where we take controls because that's self-empowering. Yeah. We're taking control now of this, the way we contra, the way we can, uh, have a conversation with somebody, the way we talk to other people, we're in control. It's not something that is somebody is pushing our button. We have to react. Yeah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And that you, I, that you are um, working with this in your restaurant is really strong. When you talked about the blood sugar piece and I, I, I hope that people can make the choice, you know, hear this podcast, read your book, hear somebody talking about this topic, something, and, and be interested in some of these upper levels of, you know, we work with corporate parents, you know, kids and, and so many different people. And so many times I see the same thing where people are reacting to the situation without really thinking about it. I love that when the beginning of this conversation, when you were talking about, you know, how you work with your staff or your, your company, your, your restaurant, thinking about it in, from a different angle, that it's not just, because we, we react from ourselves, like, ooh, they're being mean to me, or they're so rude, or whatever, without thinking about that there's there's a deeper level to everything. And there are, there's so many uh, companies and family homes that have so much dis-ease, not, which I think leads to disease, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, yeah. and illness, because the little brain is winning out and people are suffering. They're really, really suffering. So I, I just want to say thank you for being a part of what's making the difference right now. And um, I want to, before I wrap up, I want to, I, I really would like to ask you how, uh, how long, because you said this was quite a process. When did the seed begin? Because we have a lot of creative parents out there and people out there. And I'm just, I always like to ask, like, when was the seed of this, project that you kind of were more conscious of it being something that was evolving and growing and the process, you know, I, I always like to give people's perspective. It wasn't like three weeks ago, you no. know? <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's interesting. I think one of the seeds was back in around 2008. I mean, that's when I, once you start focusing on this stuff, all of a sudden you can go back into things in your past. You go, Oh yeah, this was part of this. And you can start collecting those other stories that, oh yeah, you know, and, and so it's not like you, it's going to just start now and you've got to all of a sudden look for this stuff. It's there. It's, it's in our lives. We just have to go back and define it and bring it back to where, what we're focusing on. And I think that, you know, it was, um, this is a phrase I, I use sometimes. I know it gets me in trouble, but you know, the customer's not always right. Okay. I know that that's the big thing. Customer's always right. But I work really closely with my employees and I know that that's not correct. Customer will come in and order the wrong thing um, and then get angry. And there's a quick little story in, in the book about uh, two ladies that come in, one orders enchiladas, one orders a salad. They go sit down, bring over the enchiladas and salad. Five minutes later, the later the enchiladas come back up to the counter, slams the enchiladas on the counter in this restaurant that seats 40 people. As loud as you can possibly say, these enchiladas are cold. And she slams them on the ground. And it's like, whoa, okay. The manager uh, says, you know, I'm terribly sorry. I will get you some new ones out right away. I apologize and, and uh, just have a seat and I'll bring them out. And he does, brings out some new enchiladas. 
eight minutes later, after she gets a second shot, she comes back up, slams him down the counter, points a finger at the manager, says, you made these enchiladas cold again. Using the word, you word, right? So the manager, again, just handled it so well. Just, I can't tell you how, how uh, upset I am about this. I will personally make you some enchiladas and bring them out or anything else on the menu you want and it's on me because I want to make you happy. Fine, give me some of those taquito things. Gives us, gets a, he brings her out some taquitos. 15 minutes later, he's noticed he's only taken one bite of the taquitos. And so he's getting a little bit nervous, but he's got a line to the door and he feels a hand on his arm. It's the lady. And she says, thank you. Now, nobody saw this coming, right? Thank you for not being angry at me. I haven't slept in days. My husband's not doing well. I just came from the hospital. It's not good news. I didn't mean to take it out on you. So again, not knowing what people are going through and when they overreact like that, you know, and the thing is all oh, the, the customer, I don't want to throw my employees under the bus. Nine times out of 10, if there's a mistake, it can be the customer. It's our job to fix it. It's our job to bring them back. It's our job to, to not be upset or, or, or point to a temperature gauge that shows them how hot the enchiladas are. That's not our job, okay? Our job is to bring them back and, and help them realize that, oh yes, um, you will take, we'll take care of you. That's what we're doing. And in this case, she apologized and several customers around the manager came up to, they were so grateful. They said, listen, we knew she was having an issue, but what we didn't know, uh, uh, we were, we were really happy with is the way you handled it. And that's what we teach our employees. You don't know what people are going through. You have no idea in a, in a, in a particular day what they've been through. And our, you know, I, I love the restaurant business. I, you know, the, the word restaurant comes from the word, it's a French word, restore. And it, it's, it's, that's what we do physiologically with food and emotionally with a, with a smile and, and a nice place to come. And it, it, the, the story goes back to 1765 with the guy who couldn't get into any food unions. He created his own soup store soups and stews and he put a sign in the window to you weary traveler come in and my stews will restore you well that's exactly what restaurants do people come in from the journey from that day from that morning maybe it's something that works maybe it's something that uh, at home there there's something else uh, about what's going on the best thing we can do is bring them back and restore them to where they can they're back to who they were by the time they leave and Think about a Friday night when people go out to eat or go out to have a, a beverage. They're restoring. They're, they're really trying to shed the anxiety and restore themselves. And, and that's what we do. That's, that's what I think that every customer service business does in a way, not just restaurants. Anybody in customer service, anybody in the business, you know, we know people are under pressure sometimes. I don't want to disrespect my employees by just saying, oh, never mind, the customer is always right. No, because that's the wrong mindset. Mindset is customer needs our help. How do we fix it? How do we help them? Oh, <laughs> that's just, it's really beautiful. I have to well, say, Kevin, thank you. It's a rare moment. I've, I've done over 160 podcasts and it's a rare moment that someone surprises me in their story. I often know, oh, I know what's going to happen, but I didn't catch that piece when I was reading the book. And I appreciate that I didn't because I just, I got tears in my eyes at the compassion that is so rare these days. 
uh, and that I hope is growing every day and partly because of what you're putting out there and that you're educating the people that you're working with in such an incredibly deeply empathetic way is life-changing both, you know, at home and in the business, you know, that they're in of interacting with people. And, uh, and I'm thankful. I'm just so very thankful that you're doing this in the world and thank you for persevering beyond 2008 and, and continuing because I know that uh, any project requires an immense amount of energy and willingness to look within and uh, and you're making the world a better place and well, you are making the world you. I appreciate <laughs> you guys taking the time to have a podcast you know uh, and 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 to have so many of them and 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 so many listeners I think it's really important that you know i think this is where i'm so grateful for the internet this this would never have happened this is not right. <laughs> you don't have to wait for a radio broadcast or to come on tv or something like that this is a, this is one-on-one -on -one and i love one-on-one -on -one conversations and this has just been a, a true pleasure i i'm absolutely enamored with this so thank you <laughs> thank you for for giving me the time to to speak and and um and get myself in trouble by saying the customer's not always right yeah, but I love that because you followed it with an incredibly deeply <clears throat> compassionate. I just lost my voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. You followed with such an incredible story yeah. from the heart that brought tears to my eyes. So, you know, this is it's all in balance as you were talking about the balance. Uh, before I have you give your website and where people can find you, I would love to challenge our audience in a good way, you know, good opening challenge, I would love to set things in motion by giving them something to work with today, right now, that they can, you know, have a, a win or rather like they have an experience of what we've been talking about today that they can then go, oh, wow, I get it. And then they grab your book. I love it. Hello. Sweet yes. pea. That's my daughter coming in. Yes. That's my five-year-old. Thank you. Okay, you can tell me all about it in a couple can, minutes. Can I have some yes. marshmallows in my pasta? Oh my gosh. If you want marshmallows in your pasta, that's fine. You ate good food before that. Okay, there's surprises every day. You know what? It's <laughs> it's it's I the thing I love about if this pandemic has done anything has proven us that we all have a life. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's not said, hide it. Let's, let's, that's for sure. I said to my husband, now the rest of the world knows what we've been going through for the last <laughs> few years and all other entrepreneurs working in this home crazy way, yeah. uh, which is good because it opens up that, again, that imperfection we were talking about, just being real people. And yeah. that's allowed now, which is that part I love. But I, okay, coming back to it, I would love to challenge, you know, put something out there. Let's say give our audience something to work with. Uh, that they could kind of play with this sort of big brain, little brain, not reactive thing. Uh, and they could set it in motion, kind of get a moment of feeling out what that is. And that means that way by the time when they go and they get your book, they, they've already gotten a role. They've got things rolling and then they can continue on and deepen that experience through your book. I would love I, that. I will challenge them to come up with <laughs> with five neutral words. Ah, good one. All and, right. and, and write them down. And then repeat those neutral words in a, in a very negative tone and, and then in a very positive tone so they can see the difference because it's easy. You can remember a word, but the, remembering the tone that goes with the words or remembering at least a tone, you can, you can control so much with that. I think if I would challenge them, just come up with five. They probably already have some of their own. 
five, but then within a week or so, practice. If they want to go to the website and send me their neutral words, I'll love it. I'll collect them because um, it's, it's really about focusing and having those things ready. You need them immediately. You need them under pressure. So if you, if you practice them, it's like an athlete who's practicing for in, in baseball or in any kind of a sport. You practice 95% of the time for that one time that it's going to, the ball is going to come towards you and you've got to be ready. Right. So <laughs> practice that. And then you're ready for, for, for no, 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 what trajectory the ball takes. Good one. I like that. That's great. You guys hear that? That's the, that's our, our goal. We're going to play with that. And I encourage you all add to that, you know, put the word somewhere if that's comfortable. Maybe if you don't want everyone to see it, you can put it on your side of the closet, whatever makes you happy and, uh, and stick it in places to remind yourself along the way so that it really kind of gets in there. You remind yourself to play with it. And, uh, and then you can grab the book and, and keep having fun because there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, even if you're overwhelmed and you're like, oh, I can't read an entire book, you can start the process and, you know, you can at the very least get the highlights, you know, by going to each chapter and then getting those reading a bit and getting those activities because, uh, and I, though I highly recommend you do read it end to end. I know for myself, there are moments where you pick it up almost like an I Ching, you know, you're like, flip it. What can I work with today? Right. You know, and, and you've, created it in such a way that that's possible as well. So, you know, I want, I want to make it very welcoming that way. And that's why I split the book up and we put enough graphics and, and, and white space in there to sort of yeah. give people room to write notes, go ahead, <laughs> write in the book. You know, I, I write in books when I'm reading them, I write, I'm writing notes. And sometimes I write a note to the author. I don't think you're right here. Or, you know, I'll make a comment. I'm, I'm always doing that. So, and, and then text me or call me or whatever you want to do. I, in my information's on the website. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm happy to continue the conversation. I, I, I really appreciate the people like you, Ariel, because, you know, it takes a lot of effort to realize that you're, you've got a, a commitment to keep this conversation uh, and all the conversations you're having going. And it's a bank of information that people couldn't get anywhere else. You just, you're not going to get it in, in, in a structured school. You're not going to get it in a, even a, in a business environment unless you go to a seminar, uh, even then it's, you're picking up bits and pieces. But I love the fact that, that podcasts are now just a part of our life. You can pop them in your pocket or, you know, some people download that. You can take them anywhere if you want to and come back to them, as you said, and flip forward and go backward. And I love all of that. I love the, yeah. the control piece of it, you know, that you can, you know, take it in as you need to. And uh, we're going to have a lot of information. We're going to have your links and everything down in the description, but definitely we're going to uh, do this little challenge. And any of you who want to participate also on our Instagram, you know, we'll put some stuff up there and gather the words and send them on to Kevin or you send them yourself. So where can people find you? Where would you uh, like them to find you? Big, big brain, little brain.com. You know, Easy. It's Love simple, it. simple as it gets. <laughs> and you can uh, email me there. It has all the information and, and happy to engage and uh, answer questions, whatever people want. Very generous. Thank you so much, Kevin. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. For, I, I so enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Is there anywhere else we can support you or well, no, what would you know, support your biggest dream? What could we you, do to you, contribute you know, to I think just dream? getting the word out. I think what you said about how the book is, you can pick it up at any, any page and you can probably get something. You don't even have to, you know, I separated in, in two different types of two different parts, but 
I, I really think it's just about getting people to get their own neutral words. Because I think neutral is just a place where a lot of people um, will be happy they go. Because they, they now control their responses and their life. And I think that, um, I think that's going to make the, the world a better place somehow, you know, and I, believe I, that too. I'm, I honestly, I believe in what I do. <laughs> well, that holds a lot that right there that, that you're behind it. It's not just a, a product. So oh, thank you. I can me. feel that. That's why we put the podcast out. So people don't just see a cover of a book and go, Hmm, but they get to meet the person and realize the intentions and the energy behind it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so So much. Thank you for listening to our very imperfect parenting podcast. If you'd like a little more like live coaching sessions, then jump into facebook.com backslash IP parents. You can also write me at Ariel at imperfectparenting.net or jump on that site for other resources like book reviews and other fun things. If you would just share with one person or let one person know about this podcast, that helps us a lot. As well, we have Patreon with extra privileges and have a beautifully imperfect day. Thank you so much for being out there.